Okay, welcome to episode two of Audience of One, where mass appeal is not the goal. Today, I'm going to talk about the environment, um, or not so much, not all of the environment, but just conversation about the environment. And um, I'm not an environmentalist. I'm not any more an environmentalist than anyone should be, considering that we live on Earth. But um, right now, the COP26 is going on in Glasgow. And I thought we'd talk a little bit about that. COP26 is conference of the parties. COP is conference of the parties. What I didn't know before I Googled it was what were the parties. So COP26, COP, Conference of the Parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, which is why they had to shorten it to COP. Um, there may be every two years, I think. I, I thought it was one year, but I think it's every two years. Um, and they've clearly had 26 of them. But the one that most people might remember is COP21, where the Paris Accord was, was framed. And that got most every country to sign on um, with some climate goals. Very um, non-binding agreement, but very broad in its in its scope and in, in, and 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 monumental in terms of getting everybody to agree that climate change is real and and so on um so cop 26 the main goals for cop 26 is to chart a path to reduce global warming to below 1.5 degrees celsius over pre-industrial revolution over the pre-industrial revolution average. Um, I believe the, the period over which they calculate the average is a bit longer than that 150 years or so, but um, that's what they're trying to achieve. By so So in order to achieve that, they say we have to have a net carbon addition to the environment of zero by 2050. Now, increasing to 1.5 degrees over the industrial revolution, pre-industrial revolution average isn't going to kill everybody all at once, but it will change life as we know it. Um, it'll be vastly different. Every coastal city in the world will will be flooded if if I say if, but it's really when, because the 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 scientific consensus is that we're gonna hit that one point five degrees. It's just not debatable. The only question is when we're going to hit it. That is to say how fast we're going to get there. Because the faster we get there is the less time for us to adapt. Um, 
so this 1.5 degree celsius um and hence net zero by 2050 is is the main goal um the the next goal is rich countries providing a hundred billion dollars a year in funding for adaptability and resilience in poorer states essentially it's the rich states that have caused the environmental damage paying to help the poorer states who did not cause it to not get swamped by the the rising tide quite literally um, and i think the third goal is to get a rule book together for the Paris Accord from um, COP21. Because as I said earlier, it's, it's a pretty loose, it's non-binding, and there is really no way to, to hold anybody to account for not achieving the goals that they said they want to achieve. Um, so they need to try and tighten that up. And over the first week, so so those were kind of the guidelines from the the before the meeting, and since the meeting has started, they've they've been trying to go towards that. Now, of course, the the real environmental activists said that you know it's a failure already because the commitments just haven't been strong enough. Um, the truth of it is, you know, these commitments they're all non-binding and even this hundred billion dollars just look at that for a second they arrived at that goal i want to say nine years ago nine or ten years ago, maybe eight or nine years ago in copenhagen where they said all the rich countries are gonna give a little bit more each year until we get to a hundred billion dollars by 2020 and that money is supposed to be accessible to all the smaller countries, the poorer countries, for for um, resilience projects. They're only at 80 billion. This is 2021. They're only at 80 billion. Now they said they'll hit the, the 100 next year, 2022. But the next problem with it is that the money is very hard to get. Most of it is loan money. Now. You 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 putting people in a in a a box of bricks there now because you're then going to force them to borrow money from you to fix what you damaged. So there's a kind of moral a moral problem with that. Um, but people, of course, will take up the money much less if you have to borrow it. Um, and then the, what grant money is out there is very hard to get. You know, of course, these guys, they, they they put the hurdles so high for you to qualify. it. I don't even know what the number is in terms of how much money is actually coming out of the fund. Um, but for sure, it's not all of it. Um, so <clears throat> the the the... The achieving this this hundred billion dollar is kind of like, or the not achieving this hundred billion dollars is kind of the 
the starting point for the new commitments, right? So every, the, the, the smaller countries, the poorer countries are like, you know, what are you going to promise us now that you're not going to deliver? Well, some of the promises are so far, um, countries are going to take steps to cut methane by 30% in, by 2030. Methane is something that we just start hearing about the other day. Um, and the, the, the main sources of methane are livestock burping it up. And methane in the, in the earth, in the ground, that's being released as the ice caps recede. And methane is like a hundred times worse a greenhouse gas. And we'll discuss that a little bit more later than carbon dioxide but the only good thing about methane is that it doesn't stay in the atmosphere as long it's easier to get rid of um so the the uh, 40 to 50 countries have said they're going to cut methane but you know some of the big countries um, are not on board with that yet um another nice one is that they're going to end the use of coal for power generation. Um, and I think 80 countries so far have signed up on that, but China hasn't signed up, Australia hasn't signed up, India hasn't signed up, US hasn't signed up. And that's like probably more than half of it, the problem right there anyway. But a lot of times, some of the players don't, don't come on right away, you know, so we, maybe there's hope on that one. Um, then there's the deforestation. Um, they want to arrest deforestation by 2030. That's just nine years from now. Um, deforestation is always scary to me because, you know, you think of the Amazon, I want to say it's like a football field a minute that the Amazon is being cut down. I don't, I don't like to think about it. It's just, it's just too much. Um, but surprisingly, Brazil has signed on to that one, and Brazil is one of the big deforesters. Not sure about Indo Indonesia, which is another big deforester. Um, I don't know if Bolsonaro heard that they signed on to that program, but um, hopefully there'll be some Amazon left in 2030. We're not for a minute. Who knows? Um, so those are some of the the things that they've, they've worked on so far. A lot of other things, I'm sure, but you know, I'm no expert. I'm just just listening and and, and taking note of the, the interesting ones. Um, in fact, for the deforestation one, I said I want to start reversing deforestation um, by 2030. So they want to stop it totally and then start going the other direction. So um, let's see how that works out. Uh, net zero. Net zero by 2050 is the goal. And what's net zero? And why is that important? So net zero means that we're not adding any more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And adding and taking out carbon dioxide, the, 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 the fluctuation of the amount of carbon dioxide and oxygen in the atmosphere is natural that it happens over time 
the problem is that human activity has has ramped it up so fast, much, much faster than it's ever been in history. And we know there's a certain amount of inertia behind it. So it's, you know, it's, it's not only, even when you're, even when you're net zero, you know, we're still going to be warm and getting warmer. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty desperate situation. Um, so we have to we have to attack it from many different angles right the the the, the carbon has gotten to the point where no matter what we do we're just going to keep getting warmer if you imagine that the if the earth is an oven and I heard this one the other day. The Earth is, a, is 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 an oven, and it's the amount of carbon dioxide and methane that sets the temperature of the oven. And as you add in carbon dioxide, you keep turning up the temperature. And then when you stop, but when you when you stop adding the carbon dioxide, it's still kind of getting hotter before it, before it levels off, you know. And it, and it's still pretty hot. So even when you turn off the, the the oven, it's still hot in the oven. It's gonna take a time to to cool down. And that's really what we've done is that we've been ramping up with like we bulk the, the dial on the carbon dioxide. I now want to try and and stop adding carbon dioxide. Um, and yeah, we can do that. the The problem is 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 the inertia. Right, is as I, as I said before, um, even though we're we're in an ice age now, and and the natural cycle would have been that we would get warm and then we'd start to cool, um, we'd start to cool down again. But now we, we're warming so fast that this ice age is gonna end um, almost certainly. Um, we're not gonna stop the polar ice from from disappearing completely. Um, that's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, you know, does it happen in our lifetime or does it take longer than that? Um, so all those little Marshall Islands and, and those places, those, they're going to be flooded out and there's just no way to stop that. Um, they're going to get it first, but you know, Miami, New York, all of these places, everywhere is going to go underwater. It's just a matter of whether they can raise the city fast enough or move. You know? So that is why the whole net zero thing is important. It's important because the pace at which we're warming needs to be tempered. And if it's not, the, the, the rate at which the ice caps melt and the ambient temperature of the ocean goes up is going to be too fast for us to adapt the when the ambient temperature of the of the water goes up we get these worse hurricanes worse typhoons you know so so you get extreme weather you're going to get extremely hot summers and extremely hot summers lead to extremely cold winters you're going to have this whip sign of, of of temperatures you get the heat waves you get the the ice blizzards um and at the same time 
overall the ice caps are melting so the, the sea level is rising and if the, i mean it's not hard to see that the, the faster all of that happens is is the worse it's going to be for all of us so so it is pretty important um but but there's there's technology out there that that can save us one of the the, the top speeches from the from COP26 was Mia Motley's speech. And she she is basically I mean her speech was 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 good. I mean for me the most impressive thing about the speech was that she didn't look at any notes until near to the end. Um but Mia Motley also is a person who initiated and 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 led her country to a international debt default. So I kind of look at her like who I look at Dennis O'Brien, you know, smart but selfish. So um, no 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 great love there. Um, but what she said was one of the things she said in her speech was that we're really gambling on. on I don't think she used the word gambling. But we're going to rely on technologies that don't exist yet um, to save us. But that's not that's not actually entirely true. There, there's lots of technologies out there that can help save us, or that can save us. It's it's the one, it's a matter of governments and companies going all in on these technologies and transitioning out of um, fossil fuel based economies, you know, mining based stuff. We have to get out of that if we're if those technologies are going to become um, be proliferated to the extent that they can start to have an impact. Um, the, the, so we can look at a couple of those technologies um and see you know kind of where where we fit in alternative energy of course is the is a big one would it be um solar energy wind energy wave energy um these are these are are pretty much ramping up now with the costs coming down and so on um but two 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 big ones that that have had some injections re recently are nuclear fusion, which is kind of like this. It's it's the idea of nuclear fusion has been around for a very long time, and I can't really tell you any how nuclear fusion works. But the whole idea is that it can make unlimited energy and have no no exhaust, as it were. I think water or steam or something is the, is the exhaust, like a nuclear facility, but nuclear, like nuclear fission, but but without the without the waste, without the nuclear waste of nuclear fission, nuclear fusion is like is totally clean. Um, and there's a company just last, well, was it last week? Just recently had announced that they're 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 ramping up their their um nuclear fusion project like they had just they did a proof of concept at one size and now they're making a, a, a massive one 
um, hopefully that can get somewhere. And then there's another company named Fortescue, Fortescue Mining or something in Australia where they're promoting green hydrogen. Um, and, and green hydrogen is another kind of holy grail one because hydrogen, using hydrogen as fuel is, is not so new, but it takes a lot of energy to, 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 to make the hydrogen. So in order to make it green, you have to then make the hydrogen from renewables. So the idea of green hydrogen is another one that if you can crack that code, um, you know, they do it, they can do it. It's a matter of making, getting it to scale. Um, and there's broad spectrum solar panels where you can, you have the a glass, transparent glass, and it's actually a solar panel. Um, problem with solar so far is that it's pretty inefficient in that it's only about 20% of the energy from the sun gets converted into heat. The rest is reflected. So that they, they, they need to work on the efficiency of that. Um, one that I like also is kinetic pavements because you don't need sun or wind or anything but if you like had it in the road or on the sidewalk you know just the movement of the cars up and down and so on um, will make energy so i like those as alternative energy sources um, an alternative energy is the big one that's the that's what's going to drive net zero because we need energy for 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 everything we do in life but if we keep burning oil to do it, then we keep adding carbon. Um, you know, we won't we won't convert out of fossil fuels entirely by 2050. But we need to have enough. We need to have a critical mass of it so that the other things that we do can 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 work, like carbon capture, which is one that I think if we can get that one to be commercial, if it can be if the costs can come down, that's really the one that I think will 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 save us. The alternative energy is like stopping adding the carbon. But carbon capture is like let's start taking some of this out, fixing it deep into the earth, and then maybe the temperatures can can start to come back down. Because as I said, we're going past the 1.5, so we need to get back down. Um, electric cars is is huge and the problem with electric cars is is that if I buy an electric car, and this is something I always think about because I'd like to have an electric car, but if I buy an electric car, chances are I'm going to sell my internal combustion engine car to somebody else is driving that. So, um, so while I may not have added another car in the whole system, I still haven't, the, the car had is still there. Um, and then there's also, am I using electricity that's, green or am i using fossil fuel electricity even though it's much more efficient than a than a internal combustion engine car you, you still have that that problem it's still there so you need to you need to we need to have alternative energy sources powering the electric cars i think that is that is very important not just cars either cars, ships, trains, planes, all of that. I don't know if, I'm sure they have electric planes, um, but not commercially. Smart cities and smart grids, um, we've got to harness 
um, artificial intelligence uh, to, to run the grids so that we can balance out the demand and supply. You don't have overproduction. You can manage leakage. Um, you need to adjust regulations so that you know people who generate their own power can sell it back on the grid um, at a rate or, or for a price that makes it seem worth it to the person and, and even out the, the, the production. Likewise, using artificial intelligence to route traffic and, and reduce um, the traffic jams that are, again, big polluters. Um, you know, get peak, peak traffic events down. Um, the <laughs> this one I have in my notes here. It's it's a tricky one. Um, I I want to say that I can get behind this one, but but I may I may take some convincing. I don't know. It's fake meat. Uh, so I was telling you earlier that the one of the main sources of methane is is livestock, is industrial industrial livestock rearing. Well, fake meat meat is the counter to that. So you can have fake beef and fake chicken, and I understand that they they have some chicken nuggets. Somebody made some chicken nuggets that, when you compare it to, you know. McDonald's or Burger King or whoever, you can't tell the difference. Um, but still, it's going to be a big hurdle getting me to eat so, eat fake meat if I if I know if I know it's fake from before. Maybe if I didn't know anything, oh, you serious? But if you tell me before, because this is like test tube, beaker, crucible meat, you know, it's not like it's not like soy or or um, you know, bean bean paste, deep fried to make it be like nuggets. It's it's you know some chemicals and uh, mix it up in the in the beaker and then leave it for a week and then it come back and it's like meat. Uh, that one is really tricky, but. If you can get people to start eating that instead of beef and chicken, then, yeah, and even fish, I would imagine, because we have to take some of the pressure off the fish stocks too, to keep the oceans alive, and that's a whole other topic. Um, I don't think the oceans was discussed at COP26. Maybe, I, maybe I missed it. Um, and and the last two I've have in my notes here is is these are not carbon issues but more about making the environment less dirty or slowing down the the dirtying of the environment and, and thereby making it less livable um, and as plant-based plant-based plastics um i mean we all know the problem with plastics so we'll get into that and alternatives to the lithium ion batteries and the lead acid batteries that we use now because they just they're just huge polluters you throw them away um certainly for jamaica we, we throw these things in the garbage there's no secure way to dispose of a battery i mean you read a battery package and it says don't just throw it in the garbage and you just 
throwing garbage because we don't really have any options. Um, and these things go down into the groundwater and all of this. It's, I mean, it, I don't know much about it, but it must be hugely destructive. Um, so those are all technologies that are there. I mean, carbon capture one, as I said, I think that one can roll back, roll back things. I mean, they have carbon capture right at the at the at the, the chimney stack, you know, like where they're burning the coal for power. They they can capture, I want to say, eighty percent of the or eighty or ninety percent of the carbon right there at the chimney stack. But it's expensive and it's not it's not done. They don't do it a lot. You have carbon capture where they sprinkle things in the in the earth for the farm and it then when it rain it suck up the carbon or something like that. They have different ways of doing it. You have one in Iceland that that have some big fans. Iceland or Greenland, one of them. We have these huge fans and it blow the wind. Just blow the air into these tunnels and then the tunnels extract the carbon dioxide somehow and then drive it into the ground. But again, expensive, expensive, expensive. So it's hard to scale those things. Um, because the price per ton or whatever is so great and to do the amount of billions of tons that need to be done, it would just be impossible. But it's a matter of working on these technologies, bringing the cost down and then seeing the importance of it and, and investing in, 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 in using them, even though it may not seem um, like the cheapest way to go. I mean, we only have one earth. So we need to hit net zero by 2050 um, in order to not go past, go past the 1.5 degrees. Sorry, it got disconnected just there. Um, but there are some things that, that we can do. Um, well, before we, we look at what we can do, um, the, 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 the net zero commitment by, by 20, we have to hit by 2050. Everybody has set their targets for 2030 to, to account for the inertia, but 2050 is really the quote unquote deadline. The problem is that China is at 2060. Last week, they announced that India is at 2070. This is to say the dates that they have committed to be net zero. Um, so, so these are 2 billion people com countries, two point, probably 2.6 billion people between them. And they are operating 10, 20 years after the deadline. Hopefully, they will see the light and, and try and pull that in. They're not ignoring the problem. They're working very hard at it too. China has huge investments in, in, in renewables and so on. Um, but right now they're outside of the 2050. It's going to be very difficult for the rest of the world to, to hit their targets if, if these two countries are on the outside. Uh, so let's, let's look at, at some of the things we can do. Right. Each of us have to play our part, right? We can't wait on 
bro got to say he's doing A, B, R, C, or we can't wait on Biden or anybody else. We we all have to do our little part. So I have a couple things here that I can suggest. The Some little things that we can do. Eat less meat. Start with one meal a week. Maybe you have a meat-free day. I try to have a meat-free meal at least one a week. Um, last week I had more. I had more than one, but that just means like a vegetable patty for lunch. Um, but you can you can eat tofu. You can eat whatever it is that you know. You can have beans and rice. Rice and peas. Rice and peas. That should qualify. I don't see why not. So long as pigtail not in it or beef. Um, drive less. Uh, and when you're driving, drive more efficiently. You know, don't you don't have to be speeding all over the place. Take your time. Uh, line dry clothes. The any any electrical appliance that use heat. Or that generates heat burn a lot of current so line dry buy less clothes um you can avoid fast fashion that's that's these clothes that you know you buy for really cheap but it mash up in no time because usually behind that is a whole bunch of unethical practices usually and when you when you're not wearing clothes anymore Donate them to donate them. I mean, some people, a lot of people, have a whole ton of clothes in their closet that they're not wearing anymore. You know, give it away. Uh, buy ethical food. You know, fair trade chocolate, whatever. Um, read the labels. You know, pay attention to to what companies say they're doing. This is a tricky one. Drive an electric car. I discussed that earlier. You know, it's you know you have to have the green energy behind the electric car to really make it worth it it's better than a gas car but you know i don't have an electric car but you know so it'll be good to do but the big things we can do we are the big this is the these are the big ticket items for us as, as citizens as citizens of the world be aware be aware and be willing to change your behavior where you discover it might be having a negative impact. Find out what's happening. You know, pay attention. Ask questions. Support companies that are doing good. Don't support companies that are irresponsible. The more of us do that, the better. Encourage politicians to support responsible environmental policies. And take away your support where they're not supporting environmental, good environmental policies. The problem is that that really only affects one party at a time. But over time, if you make the environment an issue when you go into the polls, then both or all parties have to treat with it in a particular way. You have to make it an issue. Just like how crime is an issue, or bad road is an issue, or poor health is an issue, or education is an issue. Environmental policies have to be an issue, not just a footnote in a manifesto. 
Um, and for those of you who invest, invest in businesses that are actively engaged in in in, in monitoring and and fixing their or reducing their carbon footprint. In closing, I'll say the science is on in, in earnest. You know, technology is there, and and these these cats are working on it every day. Um, so they're gonna solve the problem, just like they did with the hole in the ozone layer, just like they did with COVID. They're gonna solve it, um, but we have to acknowledge it. You know, we have to acknowledge the problem, and we have to push to make sure that it's solved. So that's it for the environment episode, the COP26 episode. Subscribe to the podcast. Listen out for the next one. Peace.